0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi C. Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at gmail.com, and, of course, I will answer as many as I can get to. So the high holidays, Rosh Hashanah is right around the corner. Everyone, I hope, is on their best behavior. I hope. You know, that sounds... Uh, maybe disingenuous, but maybe let's explain. For most of us, we cannot be at our best all the time. To be at your peak, you know, it takes a lot of focus. You know, we can't all be super focused on a project 24 hours a day, 365. But if I ask you to be at your best, right, you're coming in for for an interview for a job you want, you are... Meeting a uh, someone that you would like to be friendly with, make it have a relationship with, uh, you're gonna you're gonna be at your best for those people who say, "Well, take me to where I am, or forget about me." Okay, we're gonna forget about you because if I'm asking you to be your best and you're just hey laissez faire, so many fancy words at the beginning today. Whoa, uh, that's not what I'm interested in. So God gave us this window, this. Period of time, God's hanging around and he says, Show me what you can do. And then, okay, I see what you can do. There is hope that we see the direction you're working on. Okay, you fall sometimes, you get up sometimes. Happens to all of us. But, but I'm right here, God says. What can you do? Okay. That reminds me, a, um, Someone called me, a little uh, child called me and says, oh, is God married? I said to the little girl, that's a great question. I said, people get married. Husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, God is by himself. God does not get married. And I told the parent, I said, we are never nervous about these questions. On their age level, we give a simple, straightforward answer. They're not philosophers. They don't know. I think the little girl was seven. They don't know anything. They're like, God, this. They don't know anything. They know their parents. Parents take care of us. You tell me God takes care of me. Okay, is God married? Of course God's not married, but you're an adult. But we don't shy away from the question. They're not trying to trick us. They're just, it's just a question. Otherwise, they grow up thinking that you don't know what's flying, you're hiding stuff, you're making stuff up. No, I'm going to explain it to you on your level, to what you can handle, and I'm not embarrassed to answer. And I'll never say, "Oh, you can't ask that kind of question. What are you? Uh, Well, we have Hebrew words for it. Um, I'm sure there's better English words, just they're not on my head. But anyways, that was just something that happened uh, last night. So it's stuck in my head. Anyways, of course, as always, to all my dedicated listeners, I know you love the shows, and I need your help to get our show to spread. I need you to go to the homepage, hit that Donate button, leave a name. I'll give you a shout-out, happy birthday, in memory of. And in advance, of course, I always thank you. Okay. So talking about little girls, so a different grandchild called me up the other day, which is really great because they love speaking to the grandmother. The grandfather, they don't, they don't talk to me so much. I'm like, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm not around. I don't know. But they don't talk to me so much. They talk to the grandmother. But to me, what I, the best shot I got is when they ask a question to their parents, and the parents either don't know or don't have patience, I call your grandfather. So that's how I get phone calls. It's great. Anyways, she wanted to know, of course, this is Rosh Hashanah time, and everybody knows we dip an apple in honey. So she asked a very good question. She wanted to know, why apples? Now, it's interesting, um, in, in the European culture, it was always apples and honey. But in the Middle Eastern, North African cultures, it was actually sugar. I think there's some holy reasons why they don't like honey, but that's fine. But obviously, we're looking for what we call simonim. It's called signs. We do things to show what we want. that's uh, so interesting. I had a meeting with, uh, with parents the other morning, and they said, very interesting. They were telling about their child. They wanted me to understand their child, and it was a great meeting. I actually didn't want the meeting. I, I sent a message. I said, I- I've been teaching your son for two weeks. So let's get to know each other. Let's get a feeling, and let me see if I can figure out. And By the way, the, the, um, the main point... Um, I had already told my principal, and then the parents said it was uh, good to be validated. But they, they told me he's visual, he's not audio, which is we were figuring out. And I told the parents, I said he needs to warm up. He does well when he warms up with whoever the teacher friend is. He's new to the school, so if he's if he's not comfortable, he he won't say answers correctly. He won't answer. He won't do the work. If he's comfortable, you know, a lot of people call it, uh, you know, self-confident, but this, this boy is a little bit more than self-confident. It's that like an inner self-confidence. He needs to feel that, uh, that you've warmed up to him, that you're his friend, that he can trust you. It was very, very interesting. But, um, in any case, so my granddaughter says, why an apple and honey? So not so many good answers at, at the end of the day, not so many good answers. Um, they're more holy. Um, but one of the answers is that the pile of ashes on the altar in the temple, uh, is referred to as a tapuach, a tapuach is an apple. Words, you would make a big pile of ashes in a roundish shape. And on the holidays, actually, we like to make the pile even bigger instead of cleaning it off because it, um it it shows how many people are bringing sacrifices. But sacrifices, this is the season where we talk about the Akedah, the binding of Isaac, because we rely on the merit, the fact that Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son. We've talked about it in the past. We'll see if I have time to talk about it more later. But Abraham was willing. God says, sacrifice your son. Then I, That's your final test. And Abraham passed. He did not sacrifice his son, but he was ready to brought him to brought him to the altar, tied him up on the altar, had the knife, had the fire, and we know that Abraham was willing to go through with it. It's very simple. God says, "Forget about it. You did what I wanted. You're done." Now, any of us, if we would have even gotten to that point where the child would be on the altar, child, he was 37 years old where the child would be on the altar, and you're ready to sacrifice, him. God says, you're done, you pack your bags, and you run, you run, but Abraham didn't pack his bags, Abraham was busy, oh, I want to bring a sacrifice, I was so close to doing what God wanted, a sacrifice, God changed his mind, I wonder if I did something wrong, maybe I can find another animal to do a sacrifice, and there's a ram, So Abraham sacrifices the ram, and as he's sacrificing it, this should be in place of my son, as if I'm doing my son. And the horns, right, we blow the shofar. I'm going to say we prefer. It's actually a discussion amongst the rabbis. Some rabbis say you must use a ram's horn. Many, and that's what we hold, many will say you could use any horn, but I don't know... If you've ever been in any synagogue where they actually don't use a ram's horn, I have two boys in class with goat's horns. Like, I don't know where I got them from. They must be cheaper. I tried to blow one, I, I couldn't get a sound out of it. And I'm good. It had a funny it didn't even have a nice mouthpiece. I think it was just like a toy that they just chopped and drilled a hole through it and said, here's a, a goat's horn. Um, I know somebody once used, I think, a Steinbuck horn in a synagogue, and the synagogue was not happy. This guy said, it's easier for me to blow, but. People are not happy. We use a ram's horn because the ram's horn is a reminder of the binding of Isaac. God wants this reminder. He doesn't forget, right? God doesn't forget. But God acts when we do things that show that we recognize what happened in our history. So that's the ram's horn. But going back, so the the pile of ashes, which looks like an apple because tapuach is, which is an apple in Hebrew, that's the word. That, uh, that the Talmud uses when it describes the ashes on the altar. So an apple is a reminder. So therefore, an apple becomes a very good fruit. According to that, maybe it could be any fruit, but it's the word. It's not just a relationship to the shape. It's a relationship to the actual word. Um, I actually told my granddaughter, I think this is the simplest answer. We want a sweet new year. We want a sweet year. Apples are very sweet, and it was probably a fruit that they could uh, that they could find, especially in Europe. And they uh, apples they had, and apples are very sweet. And honey is sweet, so a lot of sweet. I'm not saying other fruits, oranges are sweet. You know, watermelon is sweet. I don't know what it would taste like with um, honey on it, but probably very good. Probably. But I, I think the simplest answer is we're we're, we're taking a fruit. We're taking a sweet fruit and we're dipping it in honey so it's more sweet. We just want sweetness. Now, it's actually interesting. We don't say you should have a good year. I was thinking about this a lot. We don't say you should have a good new year. We don't say you should have a great new year. We say you should have a sweet new year. And I and I think sweet is a really fantastic word if you think about it, right? Who doesn't like Dessert. Whatever the sweet is that you like, you ate your meal, it was delicious, but our palates like sweet. Everybody understands. See, good, good has different connotations for different people. What's good for me may not be good for you, right? What's good for me is, is, is my car is not breaking down. What's good for you is you got yourself a, a Tesla, so you don't have to worry about gas prices. Right? There's no universal good. I don't think. I think every person on his level now. There may be on every person's level sweet, but I think everybody everybody relates better to sweet. Words, you have your good, he has his good. They, they don't always. And and what you think is good may not be good. Right? Words, how do you know what's good? Right? As parents, child says, "Oh, it'll be good for me. It'll be good for you." How do you know it'll be good for you? Maybe it won't be good for you. But everybody understands sweet. So, and I think. I think that's why we use that word. There's something about sweetness that, that everybody recognizes. a certain feeling, a certain understanding, and I think that's why we say it. And following along with that, so this is the season where everybody, we call it a blessing, right? Have a happy, healthy New Year. Have a happy and healthy, sweet New Year. This is the blessing we're running around with. Why are we running around getting blessings from everybody, right? you know, like, what are we doing? So it happens to be that there's power, there's power in our blessings. The Talmud actually says, um, don't let the blessing of even a regular person, don't brush it off. All blessings have power. It's like a, it's like a prayer to God, right? I give you a blessing, you give me back a blessing. So it's a prayer that God, go ahead and give this person what I'm blessing him with. You don't want to be cursed, right? So we want blessings. Blessings are powerful. I think part of the reason is because blessings are words. And I know we say all the time, words are powerful. But again, if we think about it, and this is certainly talked about a lot, animals don't talk. They can communicate. You want to teach a parrot to say a few words. They're not talking. They're just mimicking saying a couple words. They're not having intelligent conversations, no matter what you would like to believe about dolphins or other animals. Only humans communicate. Only humans have conversation. And the reason we can have a conversation is because we have a soul. Inside of us, the soul is what gives us the power of speech. Yes, I know we have a voice box in the air and going through, and I know all that. But the power of speech... The Paris Beach is through the soul. It, it, it's interesting, maybe you've heard of it before. There was the famous golem of Prague. A golem is basically a man made from clay that's alive. It's called the golem of Prague. Prague was famous for one of them. And they're super strong and whatever, and, and they just do their job and they don't stop. But they can't communicate. And the reason they can't communicate is because they don't have a soul. So the soul is what gives us the ability to communicate. So now let's take this a step further. My ability to communicate is because I have a soul. So the power of my speech is really spiritual. If the power of my speech is spiritual, I'm not just giving you a blessing. This is my spiritual self giving you a blessing. Now, I don't want to say on the opposite extreme if I want to curse you out, but perhaps, perhaps... Um, now it's interesting if you think about it so rush on a night when everybody comes home we have all these different um, again what we call simonim signs because everything I'm asking for is uh, really what I'm doing is I'm saying God I need this I I need a sweet new year oh you need a sweet new year do you deserve a sweet new year okay I'll be good you know I did that sin I'm very sorry I'll go back to that uh, person I insulted I'll apologize right I want to, I need a lot of merits. Oh, you need a lot of merits. Go get yourself a lot of merits. Go do, go be kind. Go visit somebody who's sick. Say a nice word to somebody. Study some Torah. Pray a little bit or a lot, right? Do you deserve it? So, part of the concept of all these things, we want to be, we want to be, we want to multiply like fish. We want to be a head, not a tail. Um, Cut down our enemies. All the things we need and want or want and need. All these different things, I, I, I need myself to wake up and say, oh, you need all these things? You want all these things? Do you deserve them? You're asking for a free gift handout from God? Is that what you're asking? What What are you offering back? Okay, I'll be better. I'll do more Torah study. I'll do more kindness. I'll give more charity, right? It's two-way street, right? Now, God could say no, but... If I'm asking for it, right? What, what am I coming to the table with when I am asking God for help? What am I? What am I offering? Offering that I ate an apple with honey. Eating an apple with honey is very nice. I hope you enjoy the apple and honey. But what, what's the magic in eating the apple and honey? I should have a sweet new year. No, eating the apple and honey is my way of recognizing what I need. What's important. And what do I need? And if I figure that out, then the Rosh Hashanah has been very, very beneficial. So it's an interesting question. Um, which one do you make the blessing on? Do you make blessing on the honey? Right? We have two fruits here, two things that are connected. I have this very sweet honey, and the honey is a big deal, obviously. We're dipping it in. It's a big deal. Or the apple, which one do I make the blessing on? So interesting enough, I saw the blessing is on the apple, Why? Because an apple comes from a tree, and a tree is a sign of life, because the apple grows from the tree. And guess what? Torah is called the tree of life. So we want a life. You want a life filled with sweetness? Great. But what's the main thing? Right. This is, what, this is really what we've been talking about the whole time. Right. What am I coming to the table with? Oh, you want life. Great. Eat an apple. Apple's trees. Tree equals Torah. Very good. You got the uh, algebraic equation down pat. Beautiful. All right. Make the blessing on the apple. Apple reminds me of life. Reminds me of trees. Trees reminds me of Torah. I got to do Torah. I got to do God's commands. Got to do mitzvot. Got to be a good person. Got to give charity. I got to do whatever it takes. So that I'm written in the book of life. Now, not to be confused. Um, I know i going through so many things so fast. Um, a book of life doesn't automatically mean you live that year, right? You could be a great person, but you were only given a certain amount of time to live. That has nothing to do with what book you're written in. That book says, Did you live this year? Right? So when we give a final accounting, did I, uh, uh, when I go through each year with God, right? Did I live this year? Did I not live this year? We want in the accounting that every year I was living. This is a great story for you as we wind down our first show. Um, And you'll see how it's connected to the apple and honey. So a boy came to Rebchayim Velozhener and he was asking him about he had been set up a shidduch to marry a girl from a certain family. Now, we do it nowadays. Certainly in those days it was way more common. The boy barely met the girl. And uh, the boy said, you know, the family has recently become very wealthy and the father wants a son-in-law who's going to sit and study Torah. Beautiful. So what's the question? Well, the question is, even though the guy has recently become wealthy, so he can support a son-in-law, and even though um, it's important to him that his son-in-law should be a Talmudic scholar, um, but the father is still very coarse and vulgar. He's... he's He's still like a truck driver. He's a wealthy truck driver. But he's still a truck driver. What should I do? He hasn't gotten that that truck driver out of him just because he has millions in the bank. So do I want to go into such a family? That was the boy's question. So Chai said to the boy, you know, there's a dish, a special um, delicacy in Lithuania... And it is cucumbers fried in honey. I must tell you, I have never tried this delicacy. But there's such a delicacy. And the cu- So the question was, where did this delicacy come from? So the truth was, the cucumber wanted to marry the honey. And the honey was reluctant. The honey were so different. And the cucumber understood honey is soft. Cucumber is hard. Cucumber is dark honey is light, cucumber is bitter, honey is sweet. But the cucumber kept persisting. He says, I can change. If you peel off my peel, now I'm light. If you chop me up, I'm very soft. As for the bitterness, you know, that's a problem. But if you fry me in you, right? If you fry the cucumber in honey, I'll be be sweet. So the honey agreed to marry, and there was the wedding of the cucumber and the honey. And at the wedding, of course, everyone is served cucumber and honey. And the question was, what blessing do we make on this special dish of cucumber fried in honey? What is the blessing? Is the blessing on the cucumber, which would be hadama, fruit of the land, Or is the blessing on the honey, which is a shahako, because honey doesn't grow from the ground, right? So the majority ruled that the cucumber is the main food, and therefore um, you make the blessing on the cucumber, you do not make the blessing on the honey. So what do you see? What do you see? So you see that even though the cucumber humbled itself to change, and it really worked hard to change. It peeled and chopped and fried. But at the end of the day, it's still a cucumber. And the boy understood and did not continue with the shidduch. In other words, sometimes some people have not made a full fledged change. And really, that's also part of what this whole. Holiday season is all about. Have you made a full change? And I was, am I the same guy? Like we talked about before, what's my best, right? What am I really? At the end of the day, am I am I the same person? Am I that coarse, vulgar person that I was before, even though now I have some money? Or have I changed and I've really become a new person? Change is not so easy. Change is hard. It's doable. There's no such thing that the cucumber can't change, right? But as a person, I do have the ability to change. The first thing is I have to want to change. But wanting is certainly not enough. If I Just wanting to change is not going to do anything for me, right? I got to do action. And maybe a lot of the things we're doing over the holidays, we're doing all kinds of things to help me actually change, even in class we find this with students, right? It's not good enough to say, my student says he'll behave. Of course he says he's gonna behave, otherwise he's in trouble. But it doesn't change him later. We gotta get used to actually doing actions. You wanna study more Torah? You gotta do an action. You gotta pick up a book. It's the only way it's gonna happen. You wanna you wanna do more kindness? You gotta get out there and do more kindness. And the music is playing. And I hope, of course, you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you to all our wonderful sponsor listeners. and you know, I can't do without you. Thank you on the production team. We have David Sisko. Oh, we have just David. I'm sorry. In the back. Wishing all my friends and listeners a happy, healthy, sweet new year. I hope I've listened Food for Thought. Until next time, I'm Rabbit Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Toro on NRM Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it. Ready Ready whenever you are.